0: Today, on BPN The Finch, it's a history lesson on Aquaman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of BPN The Finch the only geek podcast that will be home for Christmas. And that home is not their parents' basement. Thank God. I am your host, Brian Peters, the man shot of steel, also known as BP. And I'm here to give you guys a little history lesson on Aquaman to pump you guys up for its release on December twenty second, 2023. And on Christmas Eve, Dre the Finch and I We'll review Jason Momoa as Aquaman. His whole journey as Aquaman, uh, the highs, the lows, everything that we thought about it, including a review of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, of course. Uh, I'm not gonna hold anything back. I hope Dre won't, but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so stay tuned because that that's gonna be interesting. Uh, my, uh, my opinions tend to be, uh, I tend to be very vocal. So stay tuned. So in preparation for the end of Aquaman the DCEU EU and Aquaman the Lost Kingdom, you could be wondering a lot of questions about Aquaman, like, you know, where what, what are some things I don't know about Aquaman? What are some things that I might have forgotten? Like what really is the history of Aquaman? Who the heck is Aquaman? And that's why you're here to get from the guru of comics, the man Shadow Steel, BP, a history lesson on Aquaman. So let's go. Or I guess as Mario should say, uh, let's go. <laughs> so who the heck is Aquaman? Well, Aquaman is a DC Comics character. His first appearance was in More Fun Comics, uh, number 73, in November 1941. He was created by Mort Weisinger, uh, who wrote him, and Paul Norris, who drew him. His alter ego is Arthur Curry. His species uh, seems to change every year, (laughs) but as, as you'll hear in a second. But... Um, most recently, uh, they have made him an Atlantean demigod hybrid. Um, whatever, but that's been since 2019. Uh, he has been a human Atlantean hybrid. He's been a human. He's been straight Atlantean. Uh, he was raised by dolphins at <laughs> one time. Um, it just it it differs. Whatever the heck they want to do. His place of origin is Atlantis on Earth. His team affiliations have been the Justice League, the Justice League of America, uh, or the GLA, uh, the Justice League International, the others, Justice League Europe, and Justice League Task Force. I don't think I have forgotten any. Uh, his partnerships are his wife, Mara, uh, various versions of Aqualad, various versions of Aquagirl, as uh, Volco, played by Willem Dafoe uh, in Aquaman and uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and uh, maybe in regular Justice or Justice League. Can't remember because uh, I don't watch it because it's abomination. Um, other sidekicks include Topo, the octopus which we see in Lost Kingdom. He's pretty sweet. We also see uh, Storm, his giant seahorse that he rides, and Dolphin, who we will uh, hear about in a bit. Uh, His notable aliases are Orin, King Orin, uh, King of the Seven Seas, the uh, Aquatic Ace, Marine Marvel, Writer uh, of the King Tide, uh, and most notably AC. His abilities include superhuman strength, intelligence, durability, endurance, speed, agility, and heightened senses. So, um, kind of, uh, he's he's probably uh, he's 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 n- he's not as strong as Superman because st- Superman's strength. Increases, um, but he could give Superman a run for his money. He can definitely give Wonder Woman a run for her money, and um, his senses are—you know—he's like the Super Soldier of the Sea. Uh, he also has telepathic control of uh, all aquatic life. Uh, he used to talk to fish like Doctor Doolittle, but now it's kind of a telepathic control of aquatic life. He he talks to in their uh, cerebellum. He also has weather manipulation and electricity manipulation when he has his trident. He also has higher gerokinesis with the trident. He has magical abilities at times. Uh, He has aquatic adaptation, meaning that he can swim very fast. He can handle high pressure in in the ocean. He can handle the darkness. His eyes will adapt to the darkness. Um... Any type of ability a sea creature would have in the ocean, uh, Aquaman pretty much has. Uh, He is also a master strategist, a tactician, and field commander, rivaling Batman in that ability. And he is one of my favorite characters um, of all time. And he is mostly a brooding character, and he... He's has never really been a comedic character other than people making jokes about him and he is absolutely not an, an alcoholic so everything that jason momo is uh, being comedic and an alcoholic um, well, I'm I'm sorry jason momo is probably not an alcoholic but he but he he enjoys he enjoys a good brew if you will um all not like that <laughs> so uh, he's also an extreme environmentalist and usually just wants to be left alone unless there is lives at stake and, you know, he has to save people. So, the Golden Age origin, the original origin of Aquaman. So, the origin of Aquaman has changed so many times. It, he, I don't know what comic character's origin has changed the most. Um. But I would say that Aquaman's origin has been retconned quite a bit, um, quite a bit. So the original origin, so the Golden Age, so I, you know, and all these origins, I'll, I'll let you decide what what you like most. I'll tell you which one I like most, but it, it's 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 weird. <laughs> so. Aquaman's first origin story was presented in a flashback in his debut issue in More Fun Comics, number 73, in November 1941. So Aquaman tells himself that, uh, he says, the story must start with my father, a famous undersea explorer. If I spoke his name, you would recognize it. My mother died when I was a baby, and he turned to his work of solving ocean secrets. His greatest discovery was an ancient city, in the depths where no other diver had ever penetrated. My father believed it was the lost kingdom of Atlantis. He made himself a watertight home in one of the palaces and lived there, studying the records and devices of the race's marvelous wisdom. From the books and records, he learned ways of teaching me how to live underwater, drawing oxygen from the water, and using all the power of the sea. To make me wonderfully strong and swift. By training and a hundred scientific secrets, I became what you see. A human being who lives and thrives under the water. The Aquaman. Now, in, in, in the Golden Age, if you listeners don't know what the Golden Age is, or the Golden Age of comics, is it's known as the time period in comics from the debut of Superman in June 1938, um, to whether you love him or hate him, uh, he is the freaking blueprint of all superheroes, so he deserves respect. Uh, so, so the debut of Superman in 1938 to so the debut of Barry Allen Flash and so Showcase Number 4, 1958. So those 20 years was the golden age of comics. And in the golden age, Aquaman can breathe underwater... And he can control fish and other water uh, under yeah, underwater life uh, for up to one hour. So they give him a one-hour limitation on breathing underwater. Uh, like uh, kind of like a super soldier that can talk to fish. You know, whatever. Now, as first, he's depicted as somehow speaking to sea creatures in their own language. So rather than telepathically um, talking to them, he actually like talked to them like Doctor Doolittle. And he could only do this when they were close enough to hear him, which was roughly like a twenty-yard radius, if I remember right, like or um, you know, like a, like I don't know, like a four, fourth of a football field, you know, whatever. So Aquaman's base was also a, a wrecked fishing boat that was underwater and which he also lived in. And during World War II, which was you know, you know, most of the golden age. Um, during World War II, most of Aquan's foes were Nazi boat commanders and other Nazi supporters. So the rest of the adventures in the 40s and and the 50s, they had him dealing with several sea-based criminals and pirates, and he had an arch enemy at the time uh, named Blackjack, and he was dealing with various threats to aquatic life, uh, shipping, helping with sailors, you know, like basically a super soldier in the ocean. You know, nothing really exciting. Uh, Aquaman's last appearance in more fun comics was in issue 106, and he was then moved along with Superboy and Green Arrow to Adventure Comics, starting with issue number 103 in 1946. So back then, um, back then, like, Superman was in action comics before getting his own title, Batman was in Detective Comics before he had his own title. Um, Green Lantern, Alan Scott Green Lantern was in, uh, um, I think, uh, All-Star Comics, I believe it was. So everybody was, like, in their own uh, different comics. So, uh, so you know, he just kind of got funneled in there. Uh, so that's kind of Aquaman the Golden Age. Now, the Silver Age. Now, the Silver Age of comics, starting with the introduction of Barry Allen Flash uh, in 1958, the Silver Age is, in my opinion, where comics really take shape uh, as they are... as kind of like how they're known today. Um, Well, in the Silver Age... You know, Marvel. So Marvel took off in the Silver Age, and Fantastic Four, Spider Man, Hulk. Comics became very sci-fi oriented, and they became they became a lot more fun than just beating up gangsters and helping sailors. <laughs> so, um, Aquaman is one of the rare superheroes from the Golden Age that actually got to stick around when the Silver Age uh, reboot or soft reboot came. So in the Silver Age, things are just like. They're very science fiction, uh, more more superheroes got more powers. Like Superman, uh, started being able to like have heat vision and cold vision and you know, super speed with the flash, uh, how Jordan Green Lantern came in, uh, with a lot more things to do with the ring, fantastic four, Spider-Man Thor. Like it just, it just blew up. Um so Aquaman got a lot of changes in the silver age as people started thinking more sci-fi so the first of these changes uh was in the story aquaman's undersea partner in adventure comics number 229 in october 1956 so this was actually right before the silver age started and they introduced his octopus sidekick topo So a little uh, little trivia thing in there for you. As Topo is in Aquaman, the Lost Kingdom. So now you know where Topo began. Uh, We also get introduced to his giant seahorse storm, which is also in Aquaman 2. So if you haven't guessed, Aquaman 2 is pretty pretty Silver Age comics based. Uh, So this and the following changes were later removed or altered from the Aquaman character after uh, the establishment of the DC multiverse in the 60s. So, basically, Tofo and Storm were kind of removed uh, somewhat in the late 60s. You see them a little bit in the Aquaman cartoon, but they started kind of getting rid of of it as uh, DC's multiverse was created. Um, Yes, DC was the first to introduce the multiverse, the multiverse was first introduced in a Flash comic, The Flash of Two Worlds, where Jay Garrick's Flash meets Barry Allen's Flash. So that's why Flash has always been associated with the multiverse. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> so, but DC created the multiverse concept in, in comics. So sorry for that rant. I apologize. The Silver Age Aquaman uh, would officially make his first appearance in Adventure Comics 260 in May 1959. And in this change, it's revealed, uh, they you know, changed his origin a little bit. It's revealed that Aquaman was actually named Arthur Curry, the son of the lighthouse keeper Tom Curry in Atlanta. Sound familiar? Uh, and he was a water-breathing outcast from the lost underwater city of, I'm sorry, Atlanta was a water-breathing outcast from the lost underwater city of Atlantis. So due to his mother's DNA, Aquaman discovered as a kid that he possessed several superhuman abilities, including the powers of surviving underwater, communication with sea life, and the swimming skills of Michael Phelps. So how about that? Uh, eventually, Arthur decided to use these talents to become the defender of the oceans. It also was later revealed that in his youth, Arthur had adventures as Aqua Boy. And on occasion, he met Superboy, and they were the Earth's only other superheroes uh, at that time. So, Aqua Boy and Superboy. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't like Recon and make Bruce being Bat Boy. during his childhood but whatever so and just like uh superboy did when he became a man he changed his name to superman and when arthur grew up he called himself aquaman so you know copied superman there so it was also later revealed after atlanta's death tom curry met and marries an ordinary woman ordinary human woman and has a son named orm curry So in the Silver Age, Atlanta was Atlantean, Tom was a normal person, Atlanta dies, and Tom Curry meets and remarries a normal human being and have a son named Orm, who is Aquaman's half-brother. So Orm grows up in the shadow of his brother in the Silver Age, who constantly builds him out of trouble with the law. He grows to hate Arthur, not only because Arthur has powers, but that he can never possess, uh, power, his powers that he can never possess, but also because he believed that their father would always favor Arthur. Orm disappears uh, after somehow becoming uh, amnesiac. I, I don't remember how he loses his memory. I, I can't remember. I don't have it in my notes here. Uh, I didn't put those in my notes as I was reading Aquaman. I'm so sorry. I should have. Uh, But he comes back later as Aquaman's nemesis, the Ocean Master. So Aquaman's powers do change as well in the Silver Age. Uh, Aquaman's ability to quote-unquote talk to fish changes to full telepathic communication with sea creatures, even from great distances. Um, So literally, this is what changes that he can basically telepathically link to any sea creature uh, on Earth. Like he can, he can talk to anybody. So they, they get rid of that limitation. Uh, so they get rid of that limitation, but then they give him another weakness. Uh, and this weakness uh, was used in Smallville with uh, Alan Richardson's uh, first ever live action version of Aquaman. Uh, basically, Aquaman gets the weakness like Superman has kryptonite. Uh, Aquaman has to come into contact with water at least once per hour or he will straight up die. No water, Aquaman, unalive, bro. Uh, Prior to this, though, Aquaman could exist both in and out of the water indefinitely. It didn't matter. Um, I'm very curious what you think about this change and that limitation. Uh, Do you think that some superheroes get so OP... That these limitations are needed, or do you think this one's a kind of silly one, like Green and Green Lantern, how Jordan couldn't use his ring on yellow? Um, you know, I, I i i think it's kind of weird, but depends on depends on what story you want to tell. Like, where his oranges come from? If he's part Atlantean, um, I think he should definitely need water sometimes. But not have like an hour, like an only can last like an hour. That's just that seems silly. Um, so, Aquaman was also a founding member of the Justice League, which debuted in the Brave and the Bold nineteen or the Brave and the Bold number twenty eight in nineteen sixty. The Justice League are older than the Avengers, so the Avengers are not the original team. Justice League did not come after, despite the movies. Justice League. And DC Comics predate Marvel by so many years, like 30 years. Um, well, almost 30 years. And uh, before the the Justice League was actually the JSA, the Justice Society, with the original Green Lantern, Alan Scott, the original Flash, uh, uh, Jake Garrick. So Avengers, yeah, they weren't out yet. Uh, <laughs> so... The Justice League, you know, is 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 older. So, uh, other than the Justice League, all commands supporting cast and villains, in the Silver Age, they began to grow like really high. Uh, villains, really, I mean, like Lex Luthor, uh, came in the Silver Age. Um, so, you know, villains just kept they were going left and right as sci-fi took over. So his supporting cast began to grow, his villains began to grow, and we get the addition of Aqualad, who's, who is Garth, um, an awesome character, a very underrated character, but that's a whole other podcast for Aqualad. Uh, but Aqualad, Garth was an outcast orphaned youth uh, from a Atlantean colony whom Aquaman took, took in, kind of like Robin. Uh, Aqualad would grow to kind of be able to use Atlantean magic and he would eventually be uh, called Tempest so he would kind of you know he'd be like the wizard of uh, the, the the group so Aquaman is also uh, also in Silver Age is recognized as the son of Atlanta and he's is later voted to be the king of Atlantis after the death of the former king who had no heirs. So in the Silver Age, this is where Aquaman first becomes the king of Atlantis. So by this time, uh, Aquaman had met Mera. And uh, now a little comic tribute here. Who do you think was the first ever wedding in comic books? So some people think the first ever wedding was Superman and Lois. <laughs> Not even close. Uh, some people say Mr. Fantastic and the Visible Girl. Uh, I think she was still called the Visible Girl during that time. You know, Sue, Storm, and Reed Richards. Uh, no. The first marriage in comics was actually in December 1964 in Aquaman 18 when Aquaman married Mara. The Fantastic Four weren't introduced until 1963, and uh, they didn't get married until, I think, 1965. I think. I could be wrong in that when Sue and Reed got married. But the first marriage in comics was Mera and Aquaman. So there you go. Uh, Mera in the comics is actually from a different universe, Um of waterbenders that were trapped in Atlantis, actually in the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, she escapes uh, the kingdom of uh, Zebel, and she has a mission to kill Aquaman, but she kind of fell in love with him. Uh, that's usually kind of the standard um, Mera origin. It does change over the year, years, you know, recons. So they get married, and they soon have a son, uh, named Arthur Jr., nicknamed Aquababy. This is also depicted in Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom. And the Silver Age introduced villains such as Osmaster, of course, uh, the Fisherman, the Scavenger, the Terrius organization known as Ogre. Uh, other characters introduced were a water sprite named uh, Quisp, which I don't really remember much. is uh, introduced, who is Trustworthy Atlantean scientist, uh, he becomes Aquaman's like mentor and, and pretty much like his best friend. Uh, we also get introduced to Tula, who is known as Aquagirl. She's an Atlantean princess who's Aqua Lad uh, Gar's um, primary love interest for a time, but that's something we'll get to later. <laughs> and um, but right now, I I want to go back to the villains here. Because the Silver Age introduces one of the best DFC villains there is, and Aquaman's arch nemesis. Uh, some say his Ocean Masters is arch nemesis. Yeah, that, 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 that could work. Uh, and it has worked. Uh, I prefer Black Manta because of this story. <laughs> so um, this story is very controversial. Um, I got a lot of crap from my one of my friends because I said that Aquaman the Lost Kingdom should do this story exactly how it was done. Um, I got a lot of crap for it <laughs> but you know what are you gonna do? Um, you'll, you'll, you'll see why and, and, and I just I will I will justify this. Uh, um, so Mare and Aquaman have a kid together, Baby. and um, there is a story in the 90s. About Mara uh, leaving Aquaman because of kind of what happens in this story, um, I I don't remember how it's retold in the '90s, but she she leaves him because of this. So, okay, Aquaman is mur- Aquababy is murdered by Black Manta as a baby uh, it is an event that changes Aquaman's story forever. It completely changes uh, the story and the mythos. So uh, it made Aquaman for a time darker than a Zack Snyder film. That's how dark. So what happened was Black Manta kidnaps Aquababy and puts him inside a sphere, slowly filling it with air because Aquababy wasn't able to breathe outside of water. So Black Mantha had Aquaman actually fight Aqualad in exchange for Aquaman or Aquababy's life. Aquaman and Aqualad fight, which is an event that would change their relationship forever. And after the fight, Aquaman discovers that Aquababy is dead. So Aquababy gets suffocated inside this sphere. By Black Manta. Uh, he goes after Black Manta because he killed his child, and he cannot kill Black Manta, even though Black Manta killed his child. S- yeah. So Alcaman buries Aqua Baby at Mercy Reef, which is the place where Alcaman had been left in a child to die which will we'll, they bring that up again uh, later. Uh, Black Mansa will later destroy Mercy Reef. So, me personally, this story was needed. It's really freaking dark. <laughs> it is. Um, but it it does lead to, for Black Mansa to be a freaking monster, uh, it does lead... Aquaman down dark path. He lost his son. His wife um, feels that Aquaman can't protect the family. Like it is dark, and it it's crazy character development. And you know, with and and if you think it's too dark in the '90s, the Joker had an orphanage full of babies full of bombs everybody loves the joker so so uh had the orphanage full of bomb bombs in the no man's land story and he had commissioner gordon's wife sarah uh well commissioner Gordon's wife sarah went alone to stop the joker joker throws a baby at her she goes to catch this baby joker shoots sarah and kills her and as she like catches the baby and then blood goes all over these babies. They still have bobs in there. And Joker says, eh, this ain't funny anymore. So Joker was going to kill babies. He did not kill babies. But he did kill somebody in front of the babies and stuff. So Black Manta would have been worse than Joker. Um, yeah, he would have been a monster. Um, <laughs> but um, but. To have Manson be responsible for the death of that baby, like that's that's huge. That's you don't come back from that. That is a monster. Um. So when Aquale comes, uh, so like the reason I wanted this in the movie, uh, Black Man to to be responsible for the death of Aqua Baby. The reason I wanted this is because, um because with Arthur losing his son and having that loss and that pain and that character development and the character development from Mara like she was losing his child um when Aqualad comes and 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 of course they wouldn't use you know Garth in the movies they would use Jackson uh who is Aqu- Aqua Lad was introduced. He's, if you watch Young Justice, it's that Aqualad, uh, the African American one, or the Black one. Um, that is actually Black Manna's son. And Black Manna wants nothing to do with that kid. So, how great of a story to see in a film of, you know, Aqua Baby dies, Black is responsible. And black mana kills aquaman's son and kind of like a revenge cycle there that aquaman was responsible for the death of black mana's father so black mana kills aquaman's son and then aquaman takes black mana's son as his own and raises him and teaches him and that shows who arthur is as a person who Arthur is as a hero, that even though you took my son in this great loss, um, I'm going to take care of this boy. Um, I don't know. It would would be a great story. Um, But, you know, uh, know, you'll see what happens. (laughs) But the DCU is dead. You know, they obviously after Zack Snyder left, DC didn't really care too much about character development uh, too much. Uh, so, but, you know, I, I I digress. I digress. I'm sorry. <laughs> so let's think about, let's talk about more positive stuff. Uh, have you ever watched Super Friends? So the Super Friends cartoon and around the 60s, um, Hanna-Barbera came out with the Aquaman cartoon. And in this Aquaman cartoon, um, this is where Aquaman becomes well it's, it's the origin of Aquaman becoming a joke so um in this cartoon uh there's so many and and, and the super Friends cartoon there's so many episodes where where Aquaman doesn't really do anything like he's just kind of like waiting till there's a mission at the ocean and there's so many TikToks and and jokes about this um, <laughs> where where, where like, the Justice League's like, hey, we have a mission. And Aquaman's like, let me help. And they're like, yeah, it's not over water. So you're useless. Get out of here. Uh, you know, this is where the joke happens. And with Aquaman, like, riding on seahorses, and like, it, it gets really, really weird. <laughs> um, but the best season of Super Friends is obviously Challenge of the Super Friends, where they bring in Black Mance and the Legion of Doom that's the best time um but in the 60s this is where we saw aquaman on the screen for the first time as own cartoon and on super fans and it's been the standard for how aquaman should look with the orange and green the short blonde hair the clean cut look so um i do want to mention as well uh, pre-crisis that there was a time where aquaman was the leader of the justice league and it uh it was like one of the worst versions of the Justice League. <laughs> so I do want to point that out. Because some people ask, ask uh, should Aquaman of, of lead the Justice League? And uh, he, he wasn't a very good leader. But that that's a Justice League story. So post-crisis, post-crisis on Infinite Earth, the big giant retcon uh, changing everything in the universe. Earth. This is where, this is what starts the modern age of comics. Um, kind of, you know, darker stuff of comics. Uh, you know, going off the Bronze Age. Uh, the modern age of comics, Aquaman becomes kind of a mess. But Aquaman becomes the Aquaman that I grew up with in the 90s. So... Uh, after after Crisis on Infinite earth where everything changes, everything reboots, they restart characters, kind of like they did in 2011 with the New 52. Um, they drop a few miniseries with different Recons, but nothing's like really hitting their mark with Aquaman. So in 1986, they do a four-issue miniseries uh, written by Neil Posner, and it features Aquaman into this in this like largely deep sea blue camouflage costume um apparently some people like this series but it just didn't last long because of creative reasons um, i think the blue camo looks stupid um it's just not me but that's 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 just my opinion <laughs> um and in that series they also make ocean master a wizard um it's, eh, it's it was all right yeah but the post-crisis aquaman is the one that i grew up and i love and uh, we eventually get the, the recon uh, into the modern age version of Aquaman. And this, this is the one I, I really like. So, check this out. So, this new origin story of the modern age says that Aquaman is born as Orin to Queen Atlanta and the mysterious wizard Atlan and the sunken Atlantean city of Poseidon, which is like the capital of Atlantis. Uh, that name, Alan, might sound familiar because you will hear it again. As a baby, uh, Oren was abandoned uh, to die on Mercer Reef. Uh, Mercer Reef is above sea level at low tide. So it causes fatal air exposure to Atlanteans because it's like just that level where they can't get any freaking water. Uh, and because of Aquaman's blonde hair, which is seen as completely superstitious by Atlanteans. It is also a sign of the curse, uh, a sign of the Atlantean curse, which is called the Mark of Cordax. Cordax is the main villain of Aquaman, the Lost Kingdom. So take these notes, as I'm telling you. Uh, and in his origin here, Cordax uh, uh, is a semi-immortal ancestor of Aquaman, who commands all sea life. Kordax was born to Queen Cora of Poseidonus, but abandoned at birth due to his grotesque green-scaled body. Kordax survived in the ocean thanks to his mental control over sea creatures. As an adult, he returns to Atlantis, leading an army of sharks in a failed bid for the throne. His punishment is the loss of his left hand, which is replaced with a sword, and this management if you know anything of Aquaman this probably sounds a little familiar doesn't it uh, so so the mark of Kordax and this is like these are elements that I wish that may or may not be in in uh, in, uh, in in the Lost Kingdom movie so so the mark of Kordax is blonde hair and the ability to communicate with sea life. So I like this factor in Atlanteans. I like them being superstitious. I like them being like hating anything different. I like it. I like it. I like it. And I wish it still existed. Um, so um, the only person to speak on Oren, you know, Aquaman's behalf was Volko and to try to save him. Uh, Everything fell on deaf ears. Um, I think that Volko kind of helps him escape, or Aquaman escapes on his own. I cannot remember. But Aquaman gets, uh, he gets loose somehow, and he becomes a feral child, and he's like, he gets raised by dolphins, Um, which is, it's it's interesting. It's wild. (laughs) So, um, I think even one of the dolphins like falls in love with him. Um it's it's messed up. <laughs> so um, but he only has like dolphins and sea creatures to keep company. Uh Orin is eventually found uh and exhausted and taken in by light's keeper, lighthouse keeper named Arthur Curry, and who names Orin Arthur Jr. after himself. So he's adopted. Uh, one day, a young Arthur returns home and finds out uh, his adopted father has disappeared. So he sets off on his own. And in his early teens, Arthur, our uh, Oren, you know, ventures to Alaska, where he meets and falls in love uh, with. And I, I can't pronounce the uh, the tribe. I'm very sorry. So I mean no offense, but I'm going to say Eskimo. Uh, only because I don't know, I, I can't pronounce the tribe, um, but basically a Native American girl uh, oh. named, uh, named Kiko or Kiko And it's also here that he first or- earned the hatred of Orm, the future Osten master, who's later revealed to be Arthur's hack brother by Atlan and a uh, Native American woman. So Aquaman knocks up an Eskimo chick and has a kid uh and the comics don't really do much with that kid until much much later uh so 90s we still keep getting some aquaman uh miniseries we get one called the chronicles of atlantis it goes through the whole history of atlantis uh and how it sank and the article ancestors james wan takes from the Atlantis chronicles because they introduced the seven different kingdoms so so James Wan, being how great he is, wanted to take all this world building of Atlantis and, and world build, you know, much like you know, much like Marvel kind of was doing with MCU with world building, and DC didn't really do too much of it. <laughs> but um, but that's what James wanted to do. He wanted to explore Atlantis and the different kingdoms. And create that whole world. Um, but DCU is dead now, so it's not happening. Um, so this new new modern age was written by my boy Peter David. And this is where Aquaman fully becomes a badass. Finally becomes a badass. So if you don't know who Peter David is, uh, this dude was just coming hot off of a long run on Marvel's Incredible Hulk. Uh, my favorite Marvel character. <laughs> and he established and with Marvel, uh, different personalities for the Hulk more than just Bruce and Hulk. He created Joe fix it, the gray Hulk. He separated Hulk and banner. He created uh, professor Hulk, the merger of banner and Hulk, which would be used by the MCU to completely destroy and ruin Hulk probably forever. Uh, but that's a whole podcast by itself. <laughs> uh, uh, But Hulk, at that time, before Peter David picked him up, uh, it was a title that no one really wanted. No one wanted to touch it. And Peter David took it, and I think he wrote for like maybe like 10 years on it, if I remember right. Uh, But he made Hulk legendary. So Peter taking Aquaman was like a no-brainer because Aquaman was seen as a joke. So Peter writes this miniseries called Time and Tide, uh, which came out in 1993 to 1994. And he he explains Aquaman's origins more. uh, And Aquaman basically finally learns about his history of his people through the Atlantis Chronicles, which are presented as historical texts passed down and updated through the centuries. Aquaman learns that his birth name was Orin, And that he and his enemy, the Ocean Master, share the same father, this ancient Atlantean wizard named Atlan. This revelation sends Orin into a bout of rage and depression, setting the stage for future confrontations between him and Ocean Master. Um, Because it's said in the Chronicles, Peter David wrote uh, that two brothers will always battle for control of Atlantis. So this uh, contradicts the Silver Age of Aquaman, who uh, had always known Osmaster was his half brother. Um, although Orm had amnesia, preventing him from remembering that. So, uh, so thanks to Peter David, uh, Aquaman started his own series again with the publication of Aquaman, Volume Five, Number One in 1994. So this is following Time to Tide. Uh, This series was the longest running for Aquaman. Uh, The the longest running series for Aquaman character. It lasted 75 issues. Uh, David left the series after issue 46, though. And he worked on Aquaman for about four years. And this is the longest running Aquaman series uh, to this day, I believe. So, with time and Tide, Peter David... Began by giving Aquaman an entirely new look, uh, getting rid of the short blonde hair and clean shaven appearance, and following the discoveries reading in Atlantis Chronicles, uh, Aquaman re- chooses to withdraw himself from the world for a time. Um, and uh, Garth, or you know Aqualad Tempest, he finds him weeks later with his hair and beard growing long, and he's brooding in his cave uh <laughs> so like batman uh one so then after after this where he grows his hair long one of the best things that could ever happen to aquaman takes place aquaman loses his left hand when the madman uh uh charb, charbness uh, in an attempt to force uh aquaman to show him how he can uh communicate with sea life he sticks Arthur's hand Into a piranha infested tank. And Aquaman cannot communicate with piranhas because they are like savages. There's no reason with them. So the piranhas uh, go nuts and they eat his hand. And Aquaman, whatever's left of the hand, Aquaman just rips it off because that's Aquaman's a badass. (laughs) And uh, Aquaman begins having these like dreams, and then and feeling and feeling that he needs a symbol, he attaches a harpoon spearhead to his left arm in place of the missing hand. So remember, Cordax lost his hand too. So and he could talk to uh, to sea life. So Aquaman's kind of living that same prophecy as Cordax. Something that could, might be explored in a lost kingdom, we, we we will we will see. Something I was excited for it to explore. <laughs> so, um, so he, so Aquaman feels that if he uses the weapon that man uses against the sea on man's self, it's symbolic and whatever. Uh, so shortly after his classic orange shirt is shredded in a battle with Lobo, how ironic is that? Because Jason Momoa. Wants to play Lobo or um, probably is going to play Lobo. And rather than replace this iconic outfit, uh, he goes shirtless for a while. And he dons like a gladiatorial armor over his left arm. And once I saw Jason Momoa be cast, I was like, yes, he's going to lose his hand. Yes, he's going to look like '90s Aquaman. He is going to be a total badass. I understand why they cast Momoa. This is this is going to work. Um, my thoughts on what happened, we, we we we'll talk about we'll talk about in a bit. <laughs> we'll talk about on the next podcast. Um, so I was I was excited for that. Um, so in the Justice League cartoon of the '90s, which is absolute cinema. Uh, and just the cartoon they have Aquaman in his badass form and uh yes I know Aquaman is in other cartoons but I'm not touching on that for uh, for time you know reasons and uh, and I'm not going to touch much on Alan Ru's Aquaman or uh, Justin Hartley's version but uh, but they do a great job uh, and I hope that Alan Richman, uh gets to play Batman I think that would be great Mr Mr Reacher playing Batman. Um, so the Just League cartoon and Aquaman's intro to the show, they have an episode with him versus Ocean Master and Ocean Master actually takes Aquababy and chains Arthur to a volcano underwater and Aquababy actually chained to that too, or, you know, on, on the wall and lava's coming down. This volcano is interrupting and Aquaman is chained up and he can't save his son. He, he can't save him, <laughs> so he has to make a choice. Uh, he managed to break one chain, but he can't get to the baby in time before the baby would die. So Aquaman takes off the, uh, the symbol of Atlantis, which is on his belt buckle, which is like the Aquaman symbol, the, you know, the A. And he uses it, and he cuts off his left hand uh, that is still in the chain, and he goes and saves his son with one arm. And that's how he loses his hand. Uh uh if it is an uh Alcaman Lost Kingdom, uh I know if it is, but you will find out uh on our next podcast with Finch what happens. So that's how you have him lose his hand. Uh I think to make character developments. Um uh you know. Uh, you know, I said what I said, <laughs> but um, I think that that's how Aquaman should lose his hand is trying to save his son. Uh, I think that's a much better story than piranhas in a, in a tank. Uh, so in the comics, he has this harpoon hand. It uh, eventually is damaged and he replaces it with a cybernetic prosthetic harpoon from Star Labs uh, with a retractable reel that he can fully ret- control. And that's also um, in in the JLA series with Grant Morrison. Um, So the Aquaman of the Modern Age uh, wraps up with the return of Mara. Um, And I should mention that Aquaman gets his hand eaten off. He has a relationship with this other chick who can breathe underwater. And uh, she wears booty shorts and a low cut top because that's how peter david does things and that's what aquaman likes uh he likes that ass son and this chick's name is dolphin and dolphin and him bang and i should mention that arthur is a bit of a man horror during this time because he bangs the alaskan chick he bangs dolphin um i think there's even a story during this time where he meets some chick on some island like, he saves some chick on some island, uh, and he bangs her. I think there's even a story well, – I think in that story, that chick is Wonder Woman. Yeah, and he – I think, if I remember right, there's some chick on an island that that he bangs. He's like – he's a total man whore. <laughs> so, um, and so anyway, Dolphin and him cut it off because Mera comes back, and it's weird because Dolphin – means tempest and a kiss and uh aquaman is like i give you my blessing to be with her because you know my wife's back and i can't you know i can't cheat on her anymore <laughs> so and dolphin and tempest have, end up having a kid it's it's just weird um so this this uh basically the story basically wraps up with uh that son of aquaman with the eskimo he tries to overthrow aquaman as king um, his second harpoon hand is destroyed and he replaces it with a golden prosthetic hand that's developed by Atlantean sciences. And it can change into any shape he desires, which is kind of cool. Um, so in the modern age, in the nineties, all commands also a founding member of the JLA with uh, that grant Morrison wrote. And during this time, um, there's a big story called the worlds of war and Aquaman actually disappears during this time with Atlantis. He, he disappears and he actually sends Atlantis to the past. And this is when I actually started reading JLA comics religiously. Uh, so he sends him back in time. The JLA uh, go back in time to rescue him. Uh, and it's a really cool story. And Nightwing becomes the leader of the justice league. In modern times, there's like firestorm in there, and the atom. Uh, it's a really cool, really cool story. Um, there's also a story where San Diego sinks into the ocean, and people become water breathers. Uh, it's 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 weird. Uh, and then Infinite Crisis comes, and things are like changed up a little bit. And I can't remember like. I can't remember everything, but, like, the real Aquaman's missing or he's dead. And there's, like, a younger Aquaman that really is Aquaman. Uh, it's really messed up and weird. And I think when, when Infinite Crisis came out in, like, 2005, they were already thinking about uh, New 52 and Flashpoint. Like <laughs> So um, they just kind of, like, didn't care about Aquaman they just kind of throw some stuff in there because then we get into the story of Blackest Night, where Aquaman comes back to life. And then we get Bryce Day, or Bryce Day is where he comes back to life. Um, and then we get the introduce- introduction of a new Aqualad. But then everything is so rushed with this new Aqualad being Black Man of Son. This whole story is so rushed because, like, New 52 is coming, where they're going to reboot everything. Um, it's just... It's so rushed, and it's a total mess. Um, it's actually kind of freaking embarrassing. <laughs> because it's all rushed, and like I can't even get into it, because it's just a total mess. Um, but then, with the New 52 this is where i suggest you guys start reading aquaman i suggest you you read jeff johns's aquaman so because jeff john's aquaman it brings him back to look like aquaman (laughs) like the, the old aquaman uh he's clean cut he's with mara he's got the short blonde hair um in the justice league he's a total badass he's like flipping trucks with his trident He's summoning sharks to attack dark side. He's a freaking awesome. But in Jeff John's Aquaman, they introduce uh, the trench, which is a bunch of piranha humanoids. But more importantly, they have two of my favorite Aquaman scenes of all time in comics. They Aquaman, after he helps the locals, there's a lot of interaction with him, the locals, which I wish they would have done in the Aquaman movie. Um, where they're kind of teasing his image and stuff and aquaman has to defend it but in this uh in this scene he, Aquaman goes to a diner and he orders fish and chips and everybody's like oh you're you you can not eat that you're a cannibal um and his waitress is very kind to him and he like tips her pirate gold <laughs> and he leaves early because one of these guys uh patrons goes up to him and it's like, hey, you're Aquaman, right? Like, what's it like being a joke? What's it like talking to fish? And Aquaman's like, I don't talk to fish. You know, and when the guy calls him a joke and asks him that uh Aquaman leaves, like it's it hurts him. It hurts him to be seen as a joke. And and he doesn't want to be the king of Atlantis. He doesn't want to be a joke. Like he just kind of wants to be with Mara. Um it's just really good storytelling. And after Aquaman saves this people from the trench, uh, the Piranha people, this he saves his kid and this kid goes up to him and says, Aquaman, you're my favorite superhero. And like, it's just such a good moment. Um, definitely check out the new 52. There's a story called the throne of Atlantis, uh, which the first Aquaman movie is based on. Uh, It's also a Justice League story. There's an animated movie about it. It is really good. It's one of the best Aquaman stories with Ocean Master. Um, And... In New 52... um, There's... He he leads a team called The Others. Um, There's there's a lot of some good things. Um, And the most recent thing... And I'm going to end on this. Because it's the most recent thing. Uh, In... 2019 or so or 2016 um, uh, Rebirth comes after the New 52 and in Rebirth (laughs) they basically change Aquaman from the clean cuts short blonde hair clean shaven Aquaman that Jeff Johns made or brought back I'm sorry and and as awesome they basically uh retcon aquaman to look exactly exactly like jason momoa they even go as far (laughs) as giving him tribal tattoos um that are like supposed to be atlantean symbols or something um just to just to sell jason momoa as aquaman and just to sell the whole thing and I really freaking hate that. I really hate it. Um, and I'll talk more about it on our Jason Momoa review. But Aquaman now like looks like Jason Momoa, and I guess it works for like marketing purposes. But it's it's just frustrating. So Aquaman has gone downhill in my opinion since Jeff Johns' new Fifty Two. So that is the history of Aquaman in comics, uh, and somewhat in TV. Um, I, th- I, I, I love Aquaman because his powers are really sweet. I love the ocean. Um, I love the character development that Jeff Johns did. And of course what Peter David did, uh, I like the losing of the hand and I hope that, I hope that we get to see that, um, so i hope you enjoyed this history lesson on aquaman uh, i hope you uh, tune in for our review of the dceu's aquaman and momoa's performance and uh, thank you for being with me today i hope you learned something i hope uh i hope that you came uh, off uh, with more aquaman knowledge uh thank you so much guys for listening and thank you for being fans of bp and the Fitch. Uh, follow us on Instagram on on uh, yeah on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, and of course TikTok. Have a good night, everybody, and have a merry Christmas.